Amen. We are uh, wrapping up uh, an eight-part series uh, on Sundays uh, on the theme of bodybuilding. From Ephesians chapter 4, you can turn there. We're going to read it together to wrap up our time. I'm going to miss Ephesians 4. I don't know about you, but I, I, will, I will miss her dearly. Uh, she's been good to us. She's taught us a lot. Uh, she's, she's challenged us a lot. She's encouraged us a lot. Uh, and I believe God uh, will continue to do uh, through us what we decide to do together uh, from this great passage. But we're going to revisit this in Ephesians 4 uh, in verse 1. We, we talked uh, in, in the initial part of this series about the idea of really the first three chapters. There's no commands. It's all about the grace of God and how that's working in your life as a church. And then for the first time in chapter 4 verse 1, Paul gives a command to the church. So we've got to be motivating the church always by God's grace. And then he says in verse 1, uh, Then I urge you, in light of what he just talked about in three chapters, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In Ephesians 4 verse 1, Then be completely humble, he says, and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3, make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But he goes on in verse 7, to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? Paul goes on to say, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So, in verse 11, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become a sure attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He goes on in verse 14, Then we no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Uh, it's been an incredible passage. Uh, it's been an incredible, uh, I think, learning curve uh, for me uh, and, and, and hopefully uh, for you. But this is the last sermon. Uh, all good things must come to an end sometime. And I'm wrapping it up today. We'll go back into the Gospel of Luke next week. Um, at the end of this time today, we will take communion together. And I thought, what an appropriate way to end this time by really coming together uh, through Christ uh, as we take communion. We'll do that uh, here at the end. But we've been talking about bodybuilding. You know, healthy people, healthy families make a healthy church. Um, and of course, this passage, uh, you know, it has these components in it. We've talked a lot about them. Um, Jesus being the head of the church, which represents and is synonymous to the body. So Christ is the head and we are the body and that is the church. Um, of course, he's in charge of it. It's his church. Um, you ever put a man's, a man's name on that sign? You're heading down the wrong path real fast, right? It's Jesus' church and Jesus' church alone. He is the head. Uh, and so he is our motivation. And through his grace, we are motivated, as we already said. Uh, but then these kind of eight building blocks, if you will, develop out of this passage. Uh, these eight things that we've been looking at. Um, we talked about life, right? We've talked about relationships, doctrine, grace, unity, leadership, 
Uh, last week we talked about conversation. Uh, and today we're going to finish up with this discussion of work. That work is one of the components that Jesus really uses uh, to build up his church. And it's really just based on this last verse here that we just read. Uh, work has already been mentioned uh, by Paul in this epistle uh, several times. In Ephesians 2... Verse 10, he says, we are God's handiwork, referring to the church. And he says, there we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. When God had us in mind, he had the church in mind, part of what he had in mind for us was that we would work. We would build something glorious that would represent him on this earth. And that's what the church is supposed to be. Uh, and then, of course, we read earlier, as we talked about uh, leadership and how it's to equip God's people. What, what are they to equip God's people for? Uh, to come have a nice church service? To, uh, to, to be, you know, Joe Christian down the street? No, it says he, he, we're to equip God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. Uh, that God wants everyone to be a part of building up the church through works of service. Uh, and then, of course, we just read here in verse 16. Uh, it wraps up this crescendo of this section, wraps up with this vision of what the church can look like and what the church can be when it's all working together. It says, from him referring to Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. All these parts, these building blocks, they, they, work, they work well and they work together. Uh, and they don't work well when they don't work together. It's all connected, right? And so what can we learn about work uh, in, in the body uh, from this passage uh, as we read from our series here uh, on bodybuilding? Well, I think the first thing with work here, it's very obvious, is we work for Him. We work for Him. You are working for the man. There's that phrase, right? But that is true. As a Christian, you are working for the man. But it's not the man at the, at the office. You know, it's not the man, you know, in the political position. It's the man himself, Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And Paul says that here. He says, you know, he goes, if you go back to verse 15, speaking the truth in love, as we looked at last Sunday, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, he then goes on to say, the whole body comes together and does this glorious work uh, in verse 16. Uh, and, and so, 11 times in these 16 verses, Jesus has been mentioned in one form or another. He, 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 he's all in it, he's all around it, and it's all about him. Uh, you know, the, the bodybuilding that we do as a church. We do our best work as we all heed to the head. Right, we do, we do our best work when we're all being disciples of Jesus in and for the church. And only in Him can we grow and build and work as a body. So only in Him are we going to move forward, right? And only through Him can we really accomplish uh, this vision that we see laid out here uh, in verse 16. There, there's no other way to accomplish what God has called us to do here in these 16 verses than through uh, and for Jesus Christ. And so, so in bodybuilding discipleship, this idea that we follow Jesus, not just, you know, Sunday when we say our amen at church, but we, we follow Jesus every day and everything. When you're at work, when you're at school, when you're at home, you're supposed to be a disciple of Jesus. That, that idea of discipleship is so key, so key to us really building up the body uh, and really building up a church that will glorify God and bring more and more into uh, that body. It was great uh, last Sunday to celebrate. Uh, George got up and celebrated, you know, his, his kidney transplant. And, and praise God for that. And it's great to see George healthy uh, and happy. 
And it's a miracle of modern science that we can take these these organs from one body and put them in another. You know, someone's lost their life and they donate that organ, and then somehow through them losing that life, they they give life through their generosity to another body through human ingenuity. It's it's an incredible thing, isn't it? That we can transplant organs. But but the one thing that hasn't happened yet, and I'm pretty sure Rory can f- confirm this, is I don't think there's been a head transplant yet. <laughs> I, I've yet to hear about it. The only thing that might come closest is the horror story of Frankenstein, right? You know, it's like, that, that's not what we're looking for, right? And, and, and it's, it's true in the church as well. There can be no head transplant. There is only one head of God's church. And, and in Him, in Jesus, as we keep focused on Him, that is how we truly build up the body. Are we all heeding to the head? And are we doing this together as He wants? Because I can say, hey, let's live as disciples. We should all live as disciples. And everyone's like, hey, man, bro, that's right. We should be disciples. But we go out here Sunday afternoon, Monday morning. How I see that, how you see that, how she sees that, how he sees that, that can be totally different. We can be all over the place. And next thing you know, we're not really all heeding to the head. We're heeding to the head in our own version of it. Or we're heading to the head and, and, and kind of what we think that means when Jesus is already, He's already set it out. We know what He calls us to. We know what He calls us for. And yeah, amen, there are gray areas. There's definitely some, some, some leeway in what it means to be a disciple. But at the end of the day, it's pretty clear what Jesus is calling us to. Uh, but that's a real challenge. To all together really be focused on Jesus. To really, to really submit and follow the head. To really build in him. And so I need some volunteers. I need three young men to come up here. Or older men. It doesn't matter. I need three brave men. Three brave men. They may be older or younger. Volunteers to come up here at this time to demonstrate how important it is to stay connected to the head and to heed to him. Do I have three volunteers? Joe, that's great. There's one. Joe and uh, Chris Basie. Great. There's two. And Rory. There's three. All right. Excellent. Thank you. And so we're going to do a little demonstration here. These three brothers and me. Actually, no, I'm not going to participate. I'm going to help. So I need the tallest one. Hopefully everyone can see this here. I need the tallest one. Who's the tallest here? I think it's Joe. I think it's Joe. Yeah. So if you if you could take off your hat just for the, this illustration, that would be lovely. Thank you. Um, and so what I'm going to need Joe to do here is I'm going to need Joe to put this on. Um, there's a hole in the top. There's a hole in the top that I want you to stick your head through. It's right here, yeah, right? That big hole. Stick your head through there. Yeah, great. Okay, and then I want you to pull this out and then, uh, you know, just get it around you. There you go. And now keep your hands in the back, right? And so, so Joe's going to represent, you know, the head, right? He, he's in charge of this, of this little analogy that we're going to do. That's, that's lovely. You look great. Now I need Rory and Chris to come inside and be under this. Rory is going to be Joe's left hand. And Chris is going to be Joe's right hand. So I need you guys to get so you can't see, but we're inside. And I need you to stick your stick your right hand. No, 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 not your hand. Your right hand. Yeah, there we go. There we go. They're perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. Okay. And so come together as tight as you can. And now Joe is going to be the head, right? And these guys are going to be they're going to be the they're going to be the um you know the hands that, and the arms that represent Joe's head here. And um. What they're going to do is Joe's going to give them a couple commands, and then his hands are going to do what the head commands to do, right? So it's going to be really easy. Really easy. So um, so the first thing we're going to do here is I have a water bottle, and I have a cup. I'm going to open the water bottle for the hands already. I'm going to make this easier. And so the water, so the hands the hands and the, and the head should come forward a little bit, get close. Head, you, you, you can see. The head can see. 
So the head, uh, what I want you to do is ask them to take the water bottle, which is on their left, put some water in the cup, which is on the right, and then give you a drink of the cup. Can you command them to do that? So, so their hands are going to do that, right? Okay. Ready? Remove your, okay. Uh, uh, Rory, move your hand slightly to my right. Yeah. Now, pinch. Um, okay, wait, wait. Um, yeah. No, no. Now, move it to the right. Okay. Chris, Chris, um, put your hand up. No. Okay. Put your hand out, then move it down. Okay, now, move it to the left. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Now put the hand down. Keep going, left, left. No. Yeah. Now move it towards me. Now put your hand down. Okay, that's the cup. Uh, right, now Rory. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's the cup. Now keep going. Now Rory and Christian should have been able to be Okay, now Rory, your eyes should be closed. Pour the water. Keep going. Oh, oh, oh. That, 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 enough, enough, enough. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Well, how do I, how do I do? Right. Okay, give me a turn. Now to the right. Right. <laughs> Alright, um, yeah, you can do that with Chris, uh, get, get your hand out. Chris, get your hand out. Put your hand out. Chris. Left, 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 left. Yep, yes. Um, yeah, you know what you need to do with that. Yeah, we're, we're 
we're here, we're, we're getting things done, but we're, if we're not really all connected the way we need to be, it's a lot more difficult. If we're not all heeding to the head, you know, truly in Him who is the head, truly focused on Him, we, we are not being nearly as productive as we can. But when we're really, we're really synchronized with Jesus, we're all really obedient to Him, humble disciples of His. You know, we're like, we're like Joe, once Joe got out of that, that mess and was able to just use his own hands and drink a cup and it, 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 was a, it was a piece of cake, it was a breeze. And that's really, I think, the, the picture that God wants us to have. In Christ, we can do amazing things. In Christ, we can, we can feed the body, we can feed the world. In Christ, we can, we can quench thirst for one another. In Christ, we can, we can quench the thirst of the world. But we've got to be in Him. And that is the challenge. Are we listening? Are we truly obeying Jesus and our approach to our Christianity and our approach to our church? And when we come together in His name, we do glorious things. Uh, Jesus Himself said in Matthew 18, verse 19, Again, I truly I tell you that if two of you, just two of you, on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And perhaps that's when Jesus really shows up even more. Is when we decide together to focus on Him. Because He never wanted us just to individually have this rapture with Him alone. He wants us to, to do it all together. All together in Him. Obedient disciples. Heeding to the head. We can do even greater things. What we can accomplish together if we're all following Jesus is, is incredible. It's amazing. You know, we planted a church in Roanoke, Virginia in 2004, my wife and I, along with about 20 others. And that was an incredible time. But one of the brothers that came on the mission team, his name is Doug Hooper. He's this great guy, an ex-Navy guy. And uh, back when we were planting the church and growing it, the phrase, you the man, you the man, was really popular. I don't know if you guys use that in Britain or not. But uh, in America, it was like, you the man, you the man. You know, so every time he'd say to Doug Hooper, he'd be like, you the man. He'd be like, no, I just work for him. <laughs> you the man, no, I just work for him. And I think that's true in the church. You know, it's not about us. It's all about Him. Let's make sure we're working in the body for Him. Second thing here. Work all together. Work for Him and work all together. In verse 16, verse 16 of the text here, it goes on to say that, that from Him the whole body joined and held together, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so it says, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Uh, that uh, Greek word there for ligament can also be translated joints. And so it's the connected tissue between your, your, your muscles and your bones. That's what joints and ligaments uh, roughly are. And so the Bible compares us as the, the members of the church to supporting ligaments and joints. So we, we, we make these connections, right, for better uh, or worse. Um, and ligaments do, do two t- things. They contract, which is they, they, they rest, and they expand, right, which is them stretching, right? They, they expand and they, and they contract. And so, you know, like ligaments, for us to work well, we have to sometimes contract and rest, and we have to sometimes expand and stretch. Um, and of course, if, if you overdo, uh, you know, you, you rest too much, the ligament gets weak. And if you stretch too much, the ligament can tear. People who tear their ACL, that's, that's one of the ligaments. It's a very, very uh, terrible injury. Um, 
And so those are two parts as a church. I think we, when we think of this analogy in modern medicine, we can kind of understand how the church sometimes should work all together. All together we should work on resting. Everyone's like, amen, that's right, brother, preach that. Let's talk about rest. Uh, but spiritually, it's true. We have to catch our breath spiritually. Uh, we have to recharge. We have to sleep sometimes spiritually. You know, what is spiritual rest, though, is the question. Is it, you know, vegging out on the, on the couch with the remote? I, I, I don't think so. That's not what my Bible says. Um, you know, what did Jesus say? He says, you know, come to me. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I think it's more like that. It's the things we decide to do or to not do that help us in our souls to truly rest. And to truly find comfort in Christ. Uh, the rest that only He can give to our souls. And that can be Bible study, that can be prayer, that can be something with church. That can be something in the fellowship, that can be many things privately and publicly, whatever connects us to Jesus is where we'll tr- truly find rest. Um, you can sometimes work better resting uh, for a time. And, and we have to learn this, right? We were created that way. In Genesis 6, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis 1, on the sixth day, uh, humanity is created, right? In God's image. And then the next full day after that is a day of rest. And so some theologians think that's on purpose. God, God created us to work from rest. Not toward rest. But we tend to work toward rest, uh, generally in this day and age, rather than from rest. And so hopefully the, the last six weeks or so, as we've studied this out, have, have been a form of spiritual rest. You feel encouraged and comforted by Christ in your soul. Uh, but I also think we, we need to be more of a rest for each other as well. And we can't just find all the rest in Christ. Christ has also created the church to help us find rest too. Um, I think of uh, Proverbs 16. Verse 24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You know, are we we encouraging each other enough? You know, building each other up, lifting each other up. It's always easy to tear each other down. Uh, And we did talk about that last week. Sometimes that has to happen. Speak the truth in love is verse 15. Uh, But we also have to have five rests, I believe. And the scriptures teach that as well. And sometimes that comes from encouraging words. Um, uh, Most Sundays are busy for me. Obviously, it's my busiest day of the week. And, uh, you know, usually so that I'm just pretty like, I'm just just pretty, pretty tired, pretty spent. And, uh, and, and last Sunday, uh, you know, a couple in the church dropped by or an encouraging card to me and my wife. And they just decided to encourage us and, and thank us for some things. And, and it was just so refreshing. You know, usually, usually something I, you know, I, you know, I'm looking for a, a nice meal or something to kind of, you know, or just kind of lay there for a while and veg out. But, but, but that card, it refreshed my soul. It brought me rest. Um, and, and I think we can be that way for each other far more than we realize. And so we, we work all together through rest, this contraction of these ligaments. And then the other thing here that's obvious is we also work all together through stretching, through the expansion uh, of our souls. Um, I have a really uh, tight right hip, and uh, the, the chiropractor told me this. Um, and, uh, and so he's got me doing these stretches because I get this really severe lower back pain. I'm getting old. And, uh, and it's really helped by stretching my hips. But he started giving me like deeper stretches with my hip. And next thing you know, like I pinched a nerve. Like, and so, so I was like, I was barely able to walk uh, for a little while. My hip was so bad. And it was so, I was in so much pain. And, uh, and, and he said, oh, you, you overdid it. Like, yeah, you got to stretch, but stretch, stretch easy, not hard. You know, you, you overdid it. And so, so faith, faith is something that we have to stretch for it to grow. And no one's saying, you know, if you're at a three, you got to be a ten. 
That's when we get discouraged. That's when we get frustrated. No, if you're a three in your faith, can you get to a four? That's the kind of stretching. And then can you get that four to a six? That's the kind of stretching, I believe, uh, that helps us to really grow in the work that God has called us to do. And ironically, you you build muscle. uh, When you work out, you actually build muscle by actually tearing the little muscle fibers. That's actually what you do when you build muscle. And then those fibers, they rebuild. And as they rebuild, they actually get thicker. And they actually get longer. And that's how people actually build more muscle. They actually have to to break the muscle to actually build it. And our faith and our work a lot of times, it's the same thing. It's got to be stretched. It's got to be pushed. It's got to be broken a little bit so it can really grow even more uh, than where it is today. So you can get better resting for a time, but you never get stronger by resting. You get stronger by working at it. By working at it. And that's a, a great scripture that Jesus says to the church in Sardis. He says, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. In Revelation 3, verse 2. You know, bodybuilding uh, can be a time for some of us to wake up. Some of us, maybe we need to rest. We need to get our souls, you know, rest. We need to contract spiritually a bit. But some of us for bodybuilding, we need to wake up. We need to stretch. We need to get pushed. We need to get encouraged in a different direction. So we work for Him. We work all together through resting and stretching as we go, grow and build as ligaments in the body of Christ. And lastly here, uh, we work in love. Amen. Work for Him. Work all together. And lastly, we work in love. It's really interesting how the uh, passage uh, can be translated in verse 16. Um, this is it in the NIV, right? It says, From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. As each part does its work. And so this kind of says, in love, we work. Right? At the end here. But then if you go to the ESV, uh, which is a bit more of a, of a literal translation, the one I have here in the middle, uh, it says there, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, said a ligament, with which is, is it equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so when you get more into the literal rendering of the passage, which the ESV is a little bit more literal translation from, from Greek to English than the NIV, but it's harder to read in English, and that's why I don't, I don't like to preach from it necessarily. So here, it, it, it's not just saying, in love we work, it's, it's more saying, you know, is it we work, you know, is it we work and then we learn to fully love? You know, let's just start to work, and then as we work, we're we're going to have to we're going to have to love, as opposed to in love we work. So the Greek is not it's not that clear. In other words, exactly what it's trying to say, but it's obviously that that somehow love and work they they come together. And the NLT is the last one there. It's a more paraphrased translation of the Greek. It's not as literal to the Greek. There it says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so the other option is, you know, is it as we work in love and, and this love inspires others to, to love and work too? As I, as I see Harmoner loving and working, she inspires me to love and work. You know, you know, as Antoinette sees me, I inspire her. You know, is, is it that, you know, or is it, or is it, is it both? Is it, is it one or the other? I, I think it's all of those things. I mean, love is a very broad thing. Love is a very diverse thing. Love is not something we can bottle up and just, oh, this is what it is in the church. It's so many things in so many ways. And there are truth limits to that. We looked at one of those you know, last Sunday. But nonetheless, love is, is integral and, and really intimately tied into our work. And so this is a very broad idea that we work in love. 
that's, that's my point here. Hopefully I haven't confused you with the three uh, different verses. But it's good to look at other verses uh, and other translations to get a, a broader view sometimes of what it's trying to say. And so maybe we can summarize, you know, the, in, in the church, it's a labor of love, right? It's, it's just all about love. It's also interesting in this passage, uh, it talks about uh, in the ESV how each part is working properly, right? So it has this idea of, of, of working properly. And what's interesting in the Greek, um, as I learned this, is that is that proper actually is talking about poetic meter. It's actually a linguistic term, talking about poetic meter, how things, when they're put in their proper place, actually work beautifully together. So that's the, that's that's proper, and then working is just work. You know, it's just it's just the action. And so we can say the church is a labor of love, or another way from this passage, perhaps, is we can say the church is poetry in motion. When the church is really coming together and all the parts are doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and we're all focused on him and we're all together and you know and we're really working in love, it's like poetry in motion. It's like watching a man fall in love with a woman, you know, it's like it's like your team wins the cup, you know, it's 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 like one of those moments, you know? And that's the vision. And, and, and I believe in the Birmingham Church, we have seen the poetry in motion yeah. even this year in many ways. Yeah. You know, I think about the 30th anniversary service. Oh, wow. I was so proud of the church. I was so proud to call this my church. God God was glorified on that day. Uh, and, and we had this beautiful vision together of where we were going. Uh, we were talking about being forward together. You know, I, I think about Ori's baptism. You know, I wasn't in town when it happened, but what a what an incredible victory! Uh, you know, for Karamat uh, and especially for Ori. You know, to, to to see them, you know, work together in life uh, as a mother and a daughter, and come to this incredible moment uh, where her daughter is growing up in the church and becomes a disciple of Jesus. You know, I think about Joe's baptism last Sunday. Uh, you know, in the uni ministry. You know, Joe. Uh, you know, Joe was, was kicking and screaming for a while in the Bible studies uh, with myself and Matt and others and Adam and and and, and then Joe. He, it just the metanoia came, the repentance came, and he knew he had to get in that water. And that was a great, great baptism uh, last Sunday for Joe. Make sure you encourage him today if you haven't yet. And congratulate him. And even yesterday, you know, Walter and I always have this running joke about you know how I love meetings and he doesn't love them so much. And uh, <laughs> and uh, but yesterday we had this family group leaders meeting, and it was to me it was poetry in motion. We were talking about real things, working through real issues. There was real love in the room, and we were just we were trying to move the church forward through that meeting. It was poetry in motion. I always feel that way about every meeting. Amen. <laughs> you know, love and good work go hand in hand. When we get God's love, when we get God's love, we cannot help but share it with others. And that is what work in the body is really all about. It's all about understanding God's love for me and sharing that with the church in whatever way I can in my work. And then even sharing that to, to, to the lost world. Because the lost world really needs this love. The lost world needs to encounter Christ's love. And unfortunately, a lot of them aren't going to come with us on Sunday to hear about it. They're going to, they're going to experience Christ's love through you at work. Through you at school. For, through you at, in your neighborhood. Or they're not. Right? So, so this love is so important. So important in not just the work of the saints, which is building up the body and keeping the saved saved, but also in our work for the sinner, for the person who does not yet know Christ, uh, who is not in, in not different from how we were right before we knew him too. You know, I appreciate Tosin coming in. You know, he, he's coming in, uh, move, just moving in, but he's already serving. He, he brought the sound to church this morning. He's helping set it up, and then he, he cuts his thumb. Thumbs up. You all right, man? Yeah, he cut his thumb in the process. And... Uh, 
But, but I, I can see his love for God has motivated him to, to love the church already here in Birmingham. Uh, you know, I, I think what a privilege it is, what an honor that, that Christ loves us so much that he's called us to, to do his great work, to seek and save the lost, to love this lost world and to bring them into the love of the kingdom of God. You know, in love, we have much work to do inside this church. We have much work to do in this city. I love what Jesus said. These are the, some of these passages you read them sometimes, you just think, man, I love this. And this is one of those passages for me. Every time I read this, it just puts a little shiver down my spine. Jesus said in John 14, he talks about work, which we can often think is mundane. But what does he say? He says in John 14, verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Whoa, right? But he says, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I'll do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Working in love in the name of Jesus, we have no idea. We have no idea what we are capable of together. We have no idea how we can change this city if we truly work in His name in love. But it is work. And we must keep working at it and we must keep working uh, together. Loving saints and sinners alike. And we must work even harder because love never ends. We can never arrive in that category. And so that we've been bodybuilding, you know, I, it, it's time to really, I think, as a church, come together even more. It's time as a church to come together and, and, and work even harder. Uh, but, not, but not because we have to, because we want to. Because we get how much God has done for us and we're grateful. And we want to we give back to Him as much uh, as we can. Uh, and so midweek, we'll discuss these questions at midweek. Um, see your family group leader. We're trying to have enough meetings in our family groups at midweek and outside of midweek to really discuss through all the questions from the Sunday sermons. If you've been disconnected from a family group and you're a member of the church, please please get that sorted, as I've been saying, because uh, we were really trying to have a great conversation, especially in our family groups. But we're also doing it midweek, and that's another reason to make it on Wednesdays, uh, if by all means uh, you can. And so these will be the questions uh, we're going to discuss uh, on Wednesday. And the family group leaders will be giving everyone some direction as to how we're going to wrap up our bodybuilding discussions uh, in the weeks and perhaps months to come. Because we want to work on this as long as we need to. We want everyone to move forward together that's a member of the church. Uh, and so we're going to close out our time here by taking communion. And what's quite interesting, uh, when you take a step back from the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, is that we actually know quite a bit about the church in Ephesus from the New Testament. Because when you jump into the New Testament, you have this great letter to the church uh, in Ephesus. Uh, and there's six chapters. And, and surely Paul is addressing things, especially in chapters 4 through 6, uh, that are relevant to them and that they really need to understand. So we learn things about the church there. Uh, and clearly they had some maturity issues. They weren't quite yet growing up. They, you know, they, 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 Their body building was a little flabby. It was a little lacking. They were a little inconsistent at the gym, spiritually speaking, right? Um, but then we also know about the church in Ephesus from 1 and 2 Timothy. Paul writes those two letters to Timothy, who's a minister in Ephesus. And so we, we know that they still had a lot of maturity issues with doctrine and things, even going on, this is years later, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy. Uh, but then we, we see the church in Ephesus again show up. And Jesus says, I'm going to have one, one last shot here. Paul's done his work, now I'm going to do mine. Uh, and he challenges them and encourages them in Revelation chapter 2, uh, through John's great uh, revelation that he had on Alan of Patmos. And he says there, uh, John uh, conveys Jesus' words in Revelation 2, um, in verses 1 through 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. 
and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. They've done a lot of great things. He says, be encouraged, right? Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. They, they had to get back to work. But what was the reason they had to get back to work? He says, you've forsaken the love you had at first. The reason they weren't working the way they ought to be is because they had lost connection to their love for Jesus. So as we work, as we build up this body together, let's most importantly work at loving Jesus more. It's all about loving Jesus more, building up the body of Christ. And I think this is a great way to end our time in this bodybuilding seat, you know, series, taking communion, remembering the love of Christ, and, and, and to really in our hearts get stirred and to want to love Him even more. You know, that that that, that never-ending, unyielding, undying, reckless love of Christ. Uh, the cross of Christ expresses it, demonstrates it, and pours it out. That love for, that Jesus has for all of us. And that love has got to be our motivation to continue to move forward and build up this body. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray for the communion. And we'll continue to build up this body together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your incredible love. Uh, thank you that Jesus came and he worked for us. Uh, he became a man and, 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 and grew up just as we had to grow up and, and experience all the ups and downs that life has to offer God. Uh, and then started a ministry, God, and started his great work. The greatest work ever in the history of the world, God. He started his ministry here on the earth. And for three years, God, he worked and he loved your people. And he was working toward loving the whole world through his death on the cross. And today, as we in our time in bodybuilding, God, we pray that we can be motivated and moved and stirred by his great love. And as we take uh, the bread which represents his body and the cup which represents his blood, may that, may that love wash us. May that love renew us. May that love strengthen us. May that love move us forward together as we build up this body here in Birmingham. We love and we thank you and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.